What's up, everybody? David James Young here for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Thanks so much for tuning in and checking this out. All right, a couple of things up top first before we get into this week's episode. Firstly, uh, we are looking at a new date for Bar Bands 100 that was supposed to be taking place on the 17th of March uh, at the Red Rattler, but... Uh, it looks like pretty much everyone is going to be out of town either for Pool House Party, which is happening down in Melbourne, or through No Front Fences, which is happening down in Canberra. So I'm looking at changing the date to sometime in April, so uh, there'll be more availabilities for everyone. So please keep uh, updated on the Barbands Facebook page and uh, we will have more information on that as it comes and hopefully we'll have a new date to sort out very, very soon. And as always, if you are enjoying this podcast, please get out there and spread the word any little way that you can. Uh, give us a shout out on Twitter, tell your friends that might be interested in some of the artists that we're talking to. Uh, anything like that, even uh, consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. Uh, for as little as $1 a month, you can help to keep this podcast up online and support every little thing that goes along with it. So, if that is of interest, then you can head over to patreon.com slash barbands. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash barbands. Maybe monthly isn't uh, right for you, but uh, you still would like to uh, financially support the podcast in one way or another. That is also something you can do if you go to paypal.me slash djywrites. D-J-Y-W-R-I-T-E-S. Uh, and uh, you can uh, do a one-off donation there. Uh, make sure you put bar bands in the description, and uh, it will go to the right place. So patreon.com slash barbands, and paypal.me slash djywrites. This week's guest is a guy called Evan Clark. Evan is uh, raised in raised in Singapore, born, born in Perth, raised in Singapore. Uh, yeah, uh, spent most of his life living in London, uh, born to German parents, I believe. So, man of the world, absolutely. Uh, this was a really, really interesting one, because not only had I never met Stefan, Stefan is his real name, not only had I never met him, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, I was contacted by uh, the crew over at Mucho Bravado uh, when he was in town uh, promoting his single Barefoot, and uh, they were, they asked me if I wanted to speak to him, and I decided to go out on a limb and try it because, yeah, it was a cool experiment to get to know someone that I'd never met, knew nothing about, had never heard the music of. Everything was brand, brand new in this conversation, and uh, I think we hit it off pretty well. Like, uh, he was super, super lovely, and... Uh, it turns out that he'd had a listen to a few episodes of the podcast and, yeah, was super, super cool about it. So, yeah, we recorded this last year before his debut album came out. That album is out now. It is called Deepest Creatures. And uh, you can check it out on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your music. Uh, he also has a run of dates coming up. 
uh, a couple of headlining shows. This Saturday, uh, the day after you're hearing this, if you're hearing this the day it comes out, this Saturday he'll be at the Toffin Town in Melbourne. Uh, next Friday he'll be at Brighton Up Bar in Darlinghurst in Sydney. Uh, and next Saturday he'll be at the Black Bear Lodge in the Valley, in Brisbane, and after that, uh, pretty much all through April, he is going on tour with the Jungle Giants, uh, and uh, Alice Ivy as well is on that tour. They'll be hitting up Geelong, Melbourne, Sydney, Maroochydore, Brisbane, Adelaide, and I think a couple of other places as well. So if you're interested, you can definitely go and check this guy out. Um, yeah, like I said, super lovely, couldn't uh, have gone better, I'm pretty happy with this one. So, yeah, let's get into it right now. This is All My Friends Are In Bar Bands with my new friend, Evan Clark. I'm really good, thanks. Uh, we are, we're at Shady Pine Saloon. Uh, you can't see this, but we are literally under the head of a reindeer right now. That's incredible. It's pretty incredible. Uh, it's one of the weirdest places I've ever recorded a podcast. So uh, we've got that happening. we got uh, buddy, me and Bobby McGee jamming in the background. It is a full room here at the Shady Pine Saloon. Uh, we should make the show here, I think. It's a better vibe. I feel like it, eh? <laughs> The atmosphere is incredible. I think this is the most southern atmosphere you're ever going to have on a podcast. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and behind you is a giant moose. Yeah. Don't turn around. Don't Just... turn around. <laughs> Just keep going. Uh, so Evan is here in Sydney to uh, launch your new single. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I just uh, I launched my 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 second single barefoot about. Maybe a month ago now. Okay. So we're just kind of touring it. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Um, yeah. That's awesome. How's the response been so far? It's been really good. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's good to know, man. It's good to know. Yeah. So, uh, as we were talking, uh, you've, you've actually heard a couple of these, so you know how these begin. Uh, I, I start by talking about uh, where the initial interest in music came from yep. and where it's changed from being something that you were... Being a casual observant of, and then kind of becoming something that you wanted to do yourself. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how music kind of factored into it. That's a huge question. Yeah, um, I think I'll start by saying that mum and dad listened to a lot of music. Right. Yeah. My dad has a huge CD collection. Uh huh. That he's very proud of, and it's beautifully organised, like the German that he is. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I guess I spent a lot of my childhood sifting through that CD collection. What kind of stuff do you find in that? Every Beatles song ever. Uh-huh. Um, good start. That's a good start. Yeah. Um, pretty much everything, man. I feel like, like, he literally has, like, from the Beatles to, like, the latest Eminem record. Yeah, right. It's going to be on his shelf. And really, then they, yeah. like, 
and then like they basically stopped producing CDs. Well, not stopped. You can still yeah. get them, but it was like, yeah, when when like the MP3s came about, he was yeah. gutted because it was just like the end to his yeah, museum. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's still cool. The, the CD collection still exists. Um, uh-huh. on, and on top of that, my mom's a music teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that helped. Yeah, yeah. I guess. So um, did you get piano lessons early on and stuff like that, or? To be honest, I was I was kind of the stubborn son who yeah right who like didn't want instrumental lessons and who didn't want to be like theoretical about things. But my mom, my mom's strong and persistent, so she like she kind of like yeah she motivated me where possible and like yeah she got me to do like double bass lessons which was pretty cool oh wow yeah yeah she got me piano lessons when I was in high school that was like quite a big turning point for me because um, my teacher was awesome on a music and instrumental front I was very lucky yeah um, because my mom just I don't know, believed in me a lot and kind of knew that although I was stubborn if I found the right thing I'd stick to it and uh-huh. I'd, I'd kind of yeah I'd go deep as well. yeah right so where'd you grow up I grew up in Singapore, in Southeast Asia. Right, okay. Yeah. So your, your family were living there at the time, or moved there when you were young, or like...? My parents got a job as teachers in Singapore when I was about one, and, okay. and we were based in Perth, so at about one, one and a half years old, I moved over to Singapore. Right. And yeah, I grew up there. I left when I was 18. Right. Yeah. So I can't imagine that would have been like... Like heaps of a, a music scene there. Like, were you kind of going to shows and like seeing bands when you were growing up? It's a strange one. I think. I think. I, I sort of feel like it's gone from zero to ten. Yeah, like, right. I know that there's an incredible music scene now. Yeah. Like all genres. Like, there's a lot of international festivals that run through there now. They welcome like so many incredible international acts. Um, yeah. It's awesome. But when I was a kid, I think it was a little more sifted out and I think Singapore as a country is quite big and choosy about the music that they kind of let happen or let in. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I was exposed to too much live music growing up. Yeah. But um you know I went to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert for my thirteenth birthday. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> I remember Alanis Morissette was like my first concert when I was oh, like incredible. eight years old or something. Sick. And I still think Alanis is fucking awesome. Yeah, so. she's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Jagged Little Bill still way up there for me. Oh, hell yeah, it's a yeah. classic, man. Woo! Yeah, goddamn. Don't even get me started. <laughs> so if you can imagine, like, growing up in Singapore, I think growing up in Singapore is kind of like the most refined, like, like dose of maybe the mainstream yeah. music because it was sure. like it was almost like the government was picking and choosing what you get. Yeah. So yeah. like I'd listen to Alanis and then like Sheryl Crow would be like way left. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, were you were you playing music and playing events in high school or anything like that? I was. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely was. I mean, I don't think I. I haven't took it too seriously, but I was always kind of dabbling yeah. a little bit. Yeah. What was the first time that you played live? To be honest, it was probably with like the junior strings orchestra on like oh, the wow. double bass. Oh, or oh double bass, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Playing like Pachelbel's County or something. <laughs> it's an easy one to remember at least. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of uh, music were you were you playing like were, like were you in bands or anything like that in high school away I from mean, like the like the marching bands or whatever? I kind of feel like no more than anyone else if you know what I mean. Like yeah, there right. was a lot of people in my year group that were playing bands and playing music and yeah. like and like 
yeah, sharing the new Gorillas or Limp Bizkit record. But like, right, yeah. It, like, I was just kind of like, I was like the rest of them. I wasn't like necessarily pursuing music like it was something that I wanted to do. Or, right, you didn't think it was like viable? Yeah, I was yeah. just like a, a, a real dumb teenager trying to be cool. Like, yeah. And I didn't think that I would have music in my future, so to speak. Wow, yeah. It all, it, it all happened like way later for me. Right, right. Like, post-university. Right. So where'd you go to uni? I went to uni in London, but I only went to uni for six months because a friend of mine who was living in London offered me a job in music. Right. Yeah. Which was what? To be a session musician for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So what kind of stuff were you doing there? Like, was it more double bass stuff? Or like... I was playing, I was, I was actually playing a bit of bass guitar. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of guitar. Like... It was, a, it was for a pop project uh, called Primary One that he got me on for. Right. And that kind of led to other session musician jobs. Right. And that just kind of became my life for about three years. Right. So just yeah. doing straight up behind the scenes? Stuff. I dropped out of uni like immediately because my buddy was like, we're going on a tour with Ellie Golding. Do you want to come? And I was like, I'm coming. What? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So you were playing bass for Ellie Golding? No, we were supporting her on tour for like a month or so. Yeah. Right. So what... what what was this? What was this project called? It was called Primary One. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it was kind of like it was a pretty new project. An album didn't really get released. Um, yeah. It kind of fell apart through the whole label system and whatnot. Yeah. But I wasn't involved. I was just a session musician who was tagged right, on, yeah, along, yeah, yeah. on a really cool ride. Yeah, totally. Well, what was that like? You know, it was that's incredible. A, kind of getting. That's kind of throwing someone in the deep end for their first ever tour. Yeah, I was so naive. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, like. I mean, 19 year old, 19 year olds these days that I find super bright compared to like how I remember myself. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I was just a squirrel back then. I was so like <laughs> unconscious to everything that was going on. Was yeah, like, yeah. Yep, we're on stage. Yep, we're playing. Like, to be honest, I just yeah, it, it was incredible. But it's incredible in hindsight. I sort right. of feel like I was a bit, of, a bit of a space cadet back yeah. then. Yeah. But, and there would have been big rooms too. It was yeah. They were like sold out. O2 arenas and stuff like that. Whoa. Yeah. How do you handle something like that, like going on stage, even especially knowing that they're not there to see you at all? Um, I, I, I feel as though I might have been like naive and dumb enough to like not pay attention to like, yeah. the fears of, of getting on stage for a yeah. lot of people back then. Yeah. I feel like my, my older self now would find it a lot more difficult. Right, yeah. Um, and I think the fact that I wasn't playing my own music maybe kind of detached from it a little bit. Yeah, right. But one thing's for sure, now that I'm kind of doing my own thing and I'm playing smaller venues to what I was doing as a session musician, it's made me realize that playing bigger venues with a lot of people is way easier. Yeah, right. Like, the bigger the venue, the kind of more isolated you feel, which is quite a strange thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I played Bastardry with that project, and, like... Holy it was, shit. It was, pretty, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a massive thing to undertake, especially for something that's not your own project. Like... I, I agree, but it's but all in hindsight. At the time, I was just like, yeah, you didn't like, you literally yeah. didn't know anything else. I was in the clouds. Yeah, yeah, wow. I was like, I'm doing this instead of university, and yeah. hopefully one day I'll tell my parents. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so you were living over in London at this point. 
I was. Right, right. So at what point did uh, that project kind of run its course and what what did you move on to from that? Sort of in and amongst playing for that project, I played for a few other people. I played for a guy called Alex Matrick, who's like... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's like kind of a big touring DJ at the moment, but yeah. he put out like a, a solo project at the time and sort of toured an EP or an album, I think it was. And right. Charlie XCX was on a couple tracks, and she, oh, cool. she toured with us as well. Um, that was incredible. We played like Iceland Airwaves, wow. which was life-changing. I can imagine, holy shit. That was incredible. Um, but again, I was just like the bass player in the distance, just kind of soaking it all up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's nice work if you can get it. <laughs> oh man, I I'm not going to lie, like as of yet, those are the best years of my life. Yeah. And it all feels like honestly very surreal to look back on it and be like, how did I get this random job and why am I here in Iceland? Yeah. Like pretending to play bass with like Charlie XX singing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's incredible. It was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I made some incredible friends. Um, what What do you learn from, from doing stuff like that, from touring stuff like that? Like, are you ever in the back of your head thinking like, that one day you'll be doing this like, um, for your own music, or do you just kind of always think that you're just going to be out there, you know, as a, as a behind-the-scenes session kind of guy? I think the irony is, is that I came away with kind of like, whatever you do, never become a solo artist, never sign a record deal, yeah. never do any of this because it's insane. But um, I did exactly that. <laughs> so it's all panned out of yeah, but, but I, I learned so much. Yeah, I learned so much, and I think it's it's it taught me to be careful. Um, I had a few friends who had some really tough times with their projects and sort of yeah. you know keeping hold of their projects and their music, you know, through major labels and things like that. And and I think it it, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about the industry. It taught, it taught me to be cautious. It taught me to be protective of my own work. It taught me a little bit about the technicals of playing live. Yeah. It gave me a lot of confidence, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, right. So, like, how long does this go on? Like, uh, how long do you keep doing this before that kind of, you, you start moving on to other things? I'm not going to lie, my, my, my life very much feels like it, it's gone in, like, phases. Yeah, sure. Very clear phases. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do get interested in other activities and other things very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love my hobbies. And... I think at the same time, I, I, I'll always have this sort of undertone of music. And I think I'll always yeah. be making music or playing music. And I think I'll always be involved in music. And I think like, like we were saying about me growing up, I was just kind of like everyone else, just getting into music and playing in bands and stuff. Yeah. Like, but I think it, it sort of feels like whether I like it or not, music will always be around and I'll always be doing it. That's kind of like what I've learned from all of this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. And I think, yeah, sometimes, um, sometimes I'm more conscious of it. Sometimes I'm more unconscious of them, but it will always be around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I'm just going to keep going until the day I die. Why not? So, go from primary one into the Alex Metric stuff, what, what, what comes up after that? There was a management company at the time that was kind of like a part of the project who kind of mentioned, like, Steph, maybe you should do your own thing. Sorry, Steph, Steph is my real name, by the way. Evan's yeah. my artist name. <laughs> um, so when I say Steph, I refer to my real self. <laughs> um, and they were like... Uh, this management company's like, Steph, maybe you should do your own thing, maybe you should start writing your own music. And the people that I was playing for as well were quite encouraging. They were sort of like, Steph, you know, you should 
you should be your own musician. You should start writing, maybe, or you know, take the next step. Because everyone that I was playing with and, and I guess working for were a lot older than me, and they, I sort of got the sense that they were moving on. It was like I need to now do something. So, how old were you at this point? Um, I was about twenty-two, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three. So, yeah. But the, the writing, like getting in the studio, recording, and writing. All happened quite late for me to be honest. Yeah, um, right. I definitely had written songs like as a teenager and like just for fun and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't like a practice songwriter by any means, and I and I and I don't think I I am. I, I still don't think I am. So, <laughs> so, it's still very new. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's, 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 it's imposter syndrome, man. It's, yeah. yeah. And, like I had um I had an interview with uh, Sydney Radio not too uh, like like a couple hours ago. Right. And they said to me like, how did this this album come about? Which which I've yet to release. Yeah. Like you know, how did you go about choosing songs and writing and stuff? I was like. This album's got ten songs on it. It's lit- pretty much all the songs I've ever written. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is like this is this is step one for sure. Yeah. Right. So, what what what? When was the first time that you played like uh, your own music, like playing it live? Like, uh, what was that experience like? It was intense. Yeah. Because was, I, it, was it just you, or did you have other people playing? No, I, I had a I had my band with me, and for this project, it was I mean. You know, this project's really new, and not many people have heard the record. Yeah, um, I've only put out two tracks, and it was like probably about six or seven months ago. Right. We played for the first time at Big Sound in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, we played just across the road, right now, and that was kind of like, yeah, after two years of being in the cave. Yeah. We were like, let's try and play the record, just like me and my, my buddies. Yeah. What was I, that feeling like? Of you know, from from being someone that was literally practically anonymous, you know, kind of, you know, towards the back to, you know, originally having that focus on you, especially at something like Big Sound, which is, you know, a yeah. very, very kind of cutthroat, you know, very yeah. industry kind of thing. It to, was industry heavy. Yeah. yeah. It was scary. Yeah, It sure. was like, it was like opening up the other side to yourself, because being yeah. in the studio and hiding behind microphones and computers is, is, is very comfortable, and it's easy yeah. to get used to that. It's, yeah. I feel like it really is the opposite to playing live, um, where you're exposed. Yeah. You feel so naked. Yeah. It was scary. That's yeah. all I can say. I, I and that's it. Scary. I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with scary. That's all I remember. Has that subsided somewhat as you've as you played a little bit more? Definitely. Yeah. It definitely has. I feel like every 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 show we play is a lot of practice, and I I feel like we're learning we're learning quickly. Yeah, yeah, sure. What have you done since those shows? Have you kind of started playing a bit more? Like, do you kind of have a, a, a bigger plan for what you want out of this new project? Absolutely. Like, yeah. playing live is, it's like a new creative project. And it's like, yeah. you know, we've got like a you know blank canvas and it's like we can do whatever we want. And I'm, I've become addicted to that. I just want to add things, take things away. I keep changing things. My band are like losing their mind because I'm like adding more percussion and more drums. And they're like, how are we going to fly with all this shit? <laughs> I'm having so much fun experimenting with a live show. Yeah. And I'm currently speaking to a, a, a cellist and a viola player about joining us at wow. next gig in Melbourne, which would be really cool because there's quite a... Quite a few layers of strings on the record. Oh, cool! Uh, so it'd be really cool to get that, get that on. Um, yeah. What was what was kind of the inspiration for making this music? Like, uh, 
were you kind of looking at any other artists in particular and, and kind of picturing yourself doing the same sort of thing or was it just kind of a, a culmination of everything that you'd worked on previously? I, I sort of feel like I had quite a bit of time to think about how I wanted to approach the writing. Yeah. Just because maybe maybe that had a lot to do with the fact that I was kind of told by other people that it, that it would be a cool idea for me to write something. Yeah. And that kind of let me think about it for a while and consider whether maybe it'd be something that I want to try and do. And I was watching a lot of films and reading comic books at the time, and and, and I, I kind of knew that I wanted to make an album, yeah. not like a couple singles or an EP or anything. I, I knew yeah. that I wanted to dive into a record and that I'd want to try and tell somewhat of a story with a record. Yeah. Not to say that I wanted to write a concept album, but yeah. I wanted to have a narrative and I wanted to paint a picture. Uh, I wanted to try and replicate feelings that I got from a lot of the films that I was watching and things like that. I think I took quite a quite a calculated approach. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> uh, which is maybe the German half of been coming forward. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure it gets very efficient. Yeah. It will be strict, it will be straight, yeah, and yeah. it must tell a story. <laughs> from track 1 bis 10. Oh, that's it. Oh. I, I, I joke about that, but it's so true. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so like clean about the recording process, and everything had to be perfect. Yeah, everything is to the click, and yeah. all the live drums and string parts. You know, they're live in front of mics. There's a lot of air, but everything's cleaned up to yeah, a point yeah. that I'm happy with. Right, right. That's. Uh, is that something that you those inhibitions are you able to kind of let them go when you're performing or is it worse just I, because you've spent so much time you know in that very professional environment I think you'd have to ask my band um, <laughs> they I, 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 I'm, they don't know about the process of producing a record but I wouldn't be surprised if they told you that it's yeah. fairly strict <laughs> we have a lot of fun with them, yeah, you know what I mean sure, there, yeah, there's, totally. there's humour behind the, uh, there's humor behind the script. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so at this point, now that you, you know, you spent all this time, you know, not not so much in the shadow, but like, you know, kind of working kind of anonymously and working behind the scenes on yeah. all this stuff, like, uh, do you feel like if you're, you're at a good point now where you're able to confidently pursue, you know, something that's identifiably yours? Like, was there ever a kind of doubts or inhibitions about doing that? Uh, there's always doubts. Like, yeah. There's definitely always doubts. And I think I'm a fairly confident person, uh, generally speaking. Yeah. But I've definitely come to realize that music, especially playing live and things, can take you into a room that you're not necessarily familiar with. Yeah. Um, where you're going to feel exposed and new, regardless of how confident you are about it. Yeah. It's always changing. Yeah. Your emotions are always changing. Uh, and I think what I've managed to do is maybe do my best at times to separate my sort of A life from my B life and say yeah. this isn't necessarily you know at the heart of my own reality. I, yeah. can, I can push myself away from the music and the album and I think I'm becoming really good at that. Yeah. And I think that that helps erase a lot of those doubts and inhibitions that I might have. Yeah. I hope, I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> no, no, completely. That, that definitely felt like quite a deep question. <laughs> I was like, whoa! 
Definitely stuff that I haven't asked myself, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, if we can get it out of your system now, you know, you'll be you'll be able to answer it properly the next time. Yeah, this is therapy. I'm not yeah, gonna exactly, lie. This, exactly. this, this definitely feels like some kind of therapy. And I'm, I'm all in. Ding! Oh, oh, yeah, you owe me about a hundred bucks now. Yeah. <laughs> Dude! Um, so, we will wrap it up here, but before we do that, I have to listen to all of my guests, and now it is your turn. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played. Best and worst shows? Oh my god. I think hilariously I'm gonna have to say that the worst show I've ever played was the session musician position show right. that I played at Glastonbury. Really? Because that was your worst show ever. I, I, I honestly think it was because it was at the it was on the dance stage, I think it was called, in, right, a, in yeah. a fairly huge tent. And the only person watching was a dude out front who was naked. Um, <laughs> and he was just sort of like I sort of got the impression he was shouting like curse words at us <laughs> and it, it was it was a scary experience uh, I felt fairly tormented even though it, it really wasn't my show um, I'm, I'm gonna have to say that's the worst one yeah because um, I, I was like whoa we're playing Glastonbury yeah it's not my project but I'm gonna be on stage at Glastonbury yeah and I get there it's just a giant tent with a naked man running around swearing <laughs> at like 1.30 in the afternoon and I think I think like to, to, to like put the cherry on the cake I think the NME in uh, in England wrote about that gig like wrote about this naked guy at the primary one concert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that went down. That's probably, how I that's probably how got a better review than you guys, you know. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> nah, but good times. They were really good times, but I, I haven't really had any bad gigs to be honest. I haven't played that many shows with my Evan Cloud project yet. They've all been pretty cool. They've all been pretty scary. Yeah. But it's right. still quite new. And I think we've only just crossed 10 gigs or something like that. Yeah, wow, so yeah. It still feels very fresh. Um, so overall, like, over every show they've ever played, what's the best one? The best one was not too long ago. We played upstairs at the Gasometer in Melbourne. Okay. We filled the place, um, which felt incredible, considering that I'd only just... I'd only released one track, which was Sleep. Yeah. The first track that I put out. Um, and it just went off, like... I got locked in the bathroom before we went on stage. <laughs> my brother had to like come and kick the door down Jesus. so that I could go on and play. Um, the manager came up and told us that there were too many people in the venue, which was awesome. It was like, yeah, the excitement was there. The smoke machine was a little faulty, so we were smoking everyone out. Oh, it, it was just awesome. Like so many bad things were happening that made it amazing. Yeah. Um, just one of those imperfectly perfect shows. Yeah, it, but we felt the music. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. and it's funny because the music went well. It sort of trumped all those ridiculous things that were happening um, and it was it was it was a powerful game for us oh, it, it really was and I think it's I think it's made me believe that you know there are incredible times to be had oh yeah indeed best yeah. Of the for sure for sure yeah. all right Stefan you have the floor is yours um, plug now or forever hold your peace hi my name is Evan Clark you can uh, listen to my uh, Two singles, yep. Sleep and Barefoot, uh-huh. which are out there. Uh-huh. Spotify, yep. iTunes, Tick, you know? Tick, Tick. What are the other platforms? I can't uh, remember. Are you on Tidal? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Let's find out. I hope so. <laughs> What's um, up, Jay-Z? Listen to everyone's music. Be open-minded. Share everyone's music. If you like it, buy it, share it. Do whatever you can. Let's just keep it going. Perfect. When's your album coming out? Hopefully sometime September, November this year. Sick. Excellent. What's it called? 
It's called Deepest Creatures. Deepest Creatures. I love it. Thank Wonderful. You. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Thank you so much, David. It's been awesome. Uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Stefan, thank you so much for your time, man. Thank you man. so much. And thanks to the reindeer. Hey, thanks, buddy. Anything you want to say? No. No, he's a silent type. <laughs> he is silent but deadly. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks again, man. I appreciate it. I'm David Jones, and all my friends are in Barbara.